Faith, family, freedom, hope, and opportunity. You're listening to Freedom Rings. I'm your host, Senator Marsha Blackburn. Hi there, everybody, and welcome in for another Freedom Rings podcast. Delighted that you're joining us in today. You're going to learn some lessons about freedom, about faith, and about good old-fashioned hard work. We have with us Jim Haslam, who is out of Knoxville, and you know his company, Pilot Oil. And Mr. Haslam, I am so excited to have you join us for Freedom Rings. And, you know, we focus on faith, family, freedom, hope, and opportunity. And I feel like when you look at your life and the things you've accomplished, then freedom really is what gave you those opportunities and those open doors. And you have such a strong work ethic. Who really taught you that work <laughs> ethic? Well, you know, it's kind of, well, first of all, thank you, Senator. It's an honor yes. and privilege to be here. When I grew up, when I was young, like 11, 12, and 13, it was during World War II. And most of the men were gone. And if you were a 12, 13-year-old boy and big and, and strong, you could get a job. And I really started working at a very young age. And because there were so many opportunities, everybody was gone. And, you know, you could work in the store. You could work, uh, you know, cutting people's grass. You could work in, in small construction things, even though you were unskilled. So I started off working and... Uh, you know, uh, it's kind of interesting. I was over at the university oh, about a year ago. Somehow I was in a class, and the subject came up of socialism versus the free enterprise system. And here's what I said, Senator. I said the free enterprise system rewards hard work, taking a risk, and accountability. Socialism rewards not working, not taking a risk and not being accountable. And I think the free enterprise system has enabled us to, we'll be 62 years old in, in November, to grow. And today we employ over 27,000 people. And that's because of the free enterprise system and quite frankly, a lot of luck. And anybody who's achieved even a modicum of success and says, that he or she hasn't been lucky, they aren't telling you the truth. <laughs> well, I think sometimes you make your luck and you make that by working hard. I remember one time you told me that you like to work. I do you like, like to it. work. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, even now we open the office back up on a limited basis and I come in here every day. I make Laura come in here too, but I just, I, I just like to work. And, and it's just, uh, to me, work is fun. And coming to work here, at Pilot, and I've been doing it for a long time, and, 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 and we look forward to every day. And one thing we've learned, Senator, and I think you would attest to this, if you aren't having a good time at what you're doing, you, there's no way you can be successful. Right. The day you don't have a good time being a, a, a senator, 
you ought to resign. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, that's with everybody. If you're not enjoying what your you work, do? find yeah, something yeah. you're passionate that's about. Yeah, yeah. And then put your energy yeah. into that, making the world a better place, yeah, making yes. your life yeah. better. Yeah. And that's what people ought to do is yeah. be passionate about See, their you, life. You said a great thing, passion. <laughs> to, to do well in anything you have to have passion. You have to enjoy it. You have to work hard. And as I say, you have to be lucky. But one other thing about working hard and building a business and leadership, and good leaders do all those things, but they also simplify things. And what I always try to tell everybody here at Pilot, don't complicate things, simplify things. And you know that in politics. Yes. Sometimes people try to get everything real complicated. Well, it really isn't that complicated. <laughs> That's right. And making it simple enough to understand. That's right. We were just talking about some of the research work that's very difficult, sure. but the talent of an individual to make that simple so that those of us that are not in those yeah. fields can understand that. Yeah. And you're really right about that. Now, you uh, started working as a preteen or teenager, mm -hmm. and then you get the chance to go to college. You go to UT, and you're on the football team, and you become captain of a championship team. I see luck. you laughing over there. Luck, luck, <laughs> luck. Hey, look, I was an average player on a very, very good football team. <laughs> but you exhibited leadership. Well, Talk yeah. about how you ended up as captain of that team. Well, it, you know, things have changed so much. And back then, when uh, if, if a player uh, would get in some kind of trouble, the first thing they do is call the captain of the football team. Then you had to determine how you were going to do it. Were you just going to say, hey, come on, we'll come get him. It's no big deal. Were you going to tell one of the position coaches? And if it was really bad, you had, you had, to, you had to tell General Nalen. And that was tough. <laughs> 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 but somebody would get in trouble, and I'd get two or three of the other uh, players who were leaders, and we'd say, okay, uh, we're going to tell his position coach and they'll make him do some extra stuff or we'll do this or that. But I tell you, the other great leadership experience I had was when I went in the Army, I went to Korea. Fortunately, combat had, st had stopped. But I, after about a couple months, I just became a company commander through luck. And I was leading 150 men. And the keys to doing my job were the company sergeant and the supply sergeant, both whom were in their 40s, had been in combat in World War II in Korea. So I figured out, hey, I'm their boss, but they know more than I do. And in business or anything you do, you have to find people who know more than you do if you want to get the jobs done. 
Well, I think that is very true, but it's so interesting to me that even before you started your career, you exhibited those leadership qualities that your teammates said, this is the guy we want to be captain of the team. Mm -hmm. Then you go into the Army, and your superiors, your command team looks at you, and they elevate you, and you are leading a group of men in the military. There again, building those skills, those leadership skills, and then you come out of the Army, and you come back to Knoxville, and you go into uh, work, and you end up with a service station. Let's talk about that. And the <laughs> beginnings of Pilot Oil. Okay, well, this is interesting. Luck again. You know, when I was growing up, your life was kind of planned for you. You went to high school. When you got to high school, you either get a job, go in service, go to college. I was the first person in my family ever to go to college. The only reason I went was because of a football scholarship. Then when you got out of college, you had to go into service. World War II had barely ended and the Korean War started. So we in the service. Well, in, <laughs> in December 1954, I was about to come home from Korea. And for the first time in my life, I really needed a job. And when I got back to Knoxville, General Nalen then wanted all his former players to be high school coaches because they would then bring all the players to Tennessee. So there were a couple of school high schools that offered me jobs, and I talked to them about it. And I said, this was February. They said, well, we went to remember spring football, huh? then you start teaching in August. And I said, when do I start getting paid? And they said, August. Well, that's not going to work. So there was a guy named Howard Lumsden, forever be in the Haslam Hall of Fame. And he was uh, UT Alumni Association, kind of the placement service. He said, well, we have two jobs. We have one at a television station here selling advertisements and another at a little old small oil company up in La Folla, Tennessee. And so I talked to the television station first and they tentatively offered me a job. I think I could have gotten it. And I said, well, give me a couple of days. And I went home. And my wife said, you're going to take it, aren't you? And Marcia, you won't believe this, Senator, but I said, you know, I'm not sure television is going to make it. Now, granted, <laughs> this was 65 years ago. There were two television stations in Knoxville. It wasn't like it was today. So I went up to La Folla, Tennessee, a man named Sam Claiborne. and he had a company, Fleet Oil Company. I went to work for him. I worked for him for three years, and then we bought the gas station up in Gate City and just kept on going. So you think I'm not lucky? I mean, here, I, I, I thought TV wasn't going to make it, so I went in the gas station business. <laughs> and now 27,000 employees scattered 27, all across the country. Team members. Team members. Team members. We call them yeah. all team members, and we call everybody that comes in the store a guest. I, I like that. I believe in teamwork. I say team is an acronym. Together, everyone achieves more. That's great. And, That's you great. know, we have to, we have to remember yeah. that. Well, as we talk about freedom, talk a little bit about what freedom means to you. Well, freedom means we can do things like we did in building our company. 
It means we can do the things we want to do. We can worship where we want to worship. We can, <laughs> we can travel where we want to travel. And I think that people ignore freedom today. But when you think of all the people starting the Revolutionary War who have died to give us this freedom, it's precious. Mm -hmm. And we can't ever ignore it. Now, there is a role of government. <laughs> There's no two ways about it. Yeah. And Bill Haslam, when he said, when he was governor, he said, you know, when a storm happens, like what's happened last right. week, government, if you didn't have a government, there wouldn't be anybody to fix it. But people have to, you know, there's a lot of talk now about income equality. And the way out of that is education. And that's what our free society has to do. Make sure we educate the people. And in Tennessee, for example, community college is free. And there's really no excuse for somebody not getting an education. And that's because we have a free country. And we just, so many people have died to keep this freedom that we got to carry the torch. That is exactly right. It is something that is precious. When you have freedom, free people, and free markets, oh, a lot yeah. of problems will free, take care. Free markets just, just take care of of everything. And, you know, the free enterprise system and the market system rewards uh, not only the companies that are providing that, but the consumers who are receiving these products mm -hmm. because it, it gets more products out more efficiently and, and, and at a much at a much lower price for the consumers. And when you, when the government tries to regulate markets, boom. I mean, yeah. price controls and those things, ooh, that stuff yeah. doesn't work. The free market works. And let business be business. And the role of the government has to be now, when somebody gets offside, so to speak, they got to call it. And whether it be antitrust or breaking some kind of environmental law or whatever it be, the government's got to crack down on it. But the government also has to give us the freedom to do so we can do everything to the best of our abilities. We really have four constituencies. We have our team members. We have our guests. We have the suppliers who supply up the products and the communities that we serve. And in a free market, we can take care of everything. And then it's important we give back to the communities. Mm -hmm. Philanthropy is a big part of, of this company and our family. And it's important that companies like us give back to the communities. Well, and you set an example, a great example, in the work that you do through work in the community, work for education, mm -hmm. and that is noted and so appreciated. I know your book, Copilot, <laughs> uh, this is... Uh, so interesting to me, and I guess co-piloting is a lot about your story and um, the freedom that you've enjoyed in order to achieve the success that you have. Well, you couldn't have done this in any country except the United States. <laughs> Very and, true. And uh, uh, it's a funny thing. My wife, Natalie, had been on me to write a book, and then Bill Haslam, after the term of governor was over, is in the process of writing a book which comes out, I think, in May. 
But so they bugged me and we found a, a really, really good guy named John Driver and we wrote the book. But I kind of dreaded writing the book, but it was a lot of fun to write it. And uh, hopefully it'll help people. Well, I'm certain that it would. And I thank you so much for well, joining thank, us. Thank you, Senator. Yes. And let me say one thing. People like you who serve us, we can never thank you enough. It is it, my honor. It's been my privilege to know people like Howard Baker and Bill Frist and Lamar. I could go on and on, but thank you so much. Absolutely. For your well, it, it is an honor to serve and it is an honor to be with each of you. Thank you for joining us for another Freedom Rings podcast. You'll find us freedomringspod.com. Stay in touch. Thank you for listening to this episode of Freedom Rings. You can follow me on Twitter at Vote Marsha, Facebook at Marsha Blackburn for Senate, and on Instagram at Team Marsha. And you can always find us online at MarshaBlackburn.com. The Freedom Rings podcast is edited and produced by Jared Cummings. Executive producers are Conservative Partnership Center and Marsha Blackburn. Together, we make Freedom Ring.